So last week uh, I, I was up here and taught on Ephesians 5 through 17. And uh, what I didn't get to was verse 17. Um, so what I'm going to do today is get to that last verse. Before I do that, I'm going to kind of very briefly recap what, 15, what uh, verses 15 and 16 said. I kind of did this in outline form, so I'm just going to um, just read the bullet points from that and then go on to verse 17. Um, so let me pray first, and then uh, we'll get going. So Father, I, uh, just once again, I just feel like every time I come up here, it's, uh, it's by your grace. And uh, Lord, I, I pray... God, that you would speak truth and wisdom through um, just whatever words you have given me to, to share this morning. Lord, I thank you that we um, can fall back on your word, Lord, um, that uh, it's not really about what I have to say, Lord, but it's what, what your word says. And God, I thank you that there's, um, that there's a foundation in that, God. There's, it's a safe place um, from which to launch our lives, God, as we make choices and decisions, as we uh, step out into this world and um, use and act out in the gifting that you've given us. Um, so just pray that your word would be clear this morning. And Lord, if you would, I pray that you would uh, add a little bit of wisdom, Lord, that maybe has come from my life or the life of the people that uh, I spend most of my time with. So we, we praise you and we thank you, God, just that we can be here. I thank you for these people, this place. God, a, a wonderful day. Uh, we're blessed, God, regardless of maybe at the moment what we feel like our situation is. We are alive and well and breathing, and I thank you for that. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. Oh, sorry, 5, 15 through 17. Uh, just let me recap those three verses. Um, as we've been going through the book of Ephesians. So 5, 15. It says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So what I did last week was I took just those two verses and taught on each one of those separately. And the first verse, 15, which talks about walking as wise men, um, just had six or seven bullet points. I don't know if we put that on. Did you put that on the website? Okay, there, there, if you want to look up these verses, I'm not even going to say them right now. I'm just going to say the bullet points. But at some point, that'll be on the website if, if you want to look more deeply into this. Um, but a lot of it was based on, um, as, as one would suppose, uh, talking about wisdom, of, um, the words of Solomon in, in Proverbs. So most of these had a proverb attached. But um, actually, the first thing comes from James, and that's if you want wisdom, to ask for it. Uh, the second bullet point is gift, gifted. Uh, wisdom is a gift also. There is a level of wisdom that comes as a, as a gift of the Holy Spirit. And then also a wise, uh, to walk as wise men, it is very good, it is very wise, to get wise counsel, to um, seek out counsel um, and uh, consider, it, consider it well. Um, the fourth thing was to hang out with wise people. Just you recognize wisdom when you see it and spend your time with people who know how to and have a pattern of making good, wise decisions. Uh, learning from your mistakes was the fifth one. Um, and then also an understanding of God's economy and how that is different than the world's economy. That uh, sometimes what might seem wise in the world's eyes is not wise in God's uh, way of how this world works. Um, kind of considering things like generosity with, with, with whatever it is that you have. And then the last point under walking as wise men was to not stop listening. Um, 
thinking that, you know, we, we never really get to that place where it's like, okay, I'm wise enough. Um, that, that's a, it's an ongoing, lifelong uh, building of, of wisdom into your life. And then the second part, which comes from verse 16, about making the most of every opportunity, um, use the words of Kenny Chesney, he said, don't blink. Uh, I think I said Tim McGraw, Kenny Chesney. Great, great theologian. Um, but don't blink. Pay attention to your life, the things that are going in and around your life right now, uh, your friendships, your, your children if you have them, um, stuff going on at church, what's God doing in the world, what's God doing in your life. So don't blink. The second thing was living in the here and the now. Uh, don't be so preoccupied with the future that you can't be solid in the things that are happening in your life right now. And the third one on piggybacking that is preparing for the future. Is don't live so much in the here and now that you're not preparing for, there's, there's a preparation and Proverbs talks about ants building and storing in the summer and the fall for the winter. Um, and then the, uh, the fourth point under that, under making the most of your time, is using your words wisely. Can't take those words back once they come out. Um, and then lastly was to participate in life. Don't be a bystander, be active, be out there, be doing stuff. God's gifted us and um, called to use that stuff, so be a participator. So most of those, and why I wanted to recap that, is most of those points are going to come up again um, because all of those, wisdom, making the most of your time, um, I believe has a lot to do with how we just make our decisions, whether they are short-term decisions or long-term decisions. Um, so verse 17, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Now about a year ago, I actually, and it actually might have been almost exactly a year ago because I kind of think uh, it was spring break time at Pepperdine um, when I actually gave a lesson on understanding or discerning God's will. Um, just kind of, kind of because the people that I've gotten to hang out over the years that are, for the most part, students, um, this is a time of year where some of them are graduating, there's decisions being made. So it's, it's been on my mind, seriously, for over a year. And uh, I got a buddy at school uh, who shows up here every now and then, and we talk about this stuff all the time, about God's specific will for your life. And so, uh, you know, if we were to dig up that old lesson, I think it's just some, maybe some added things that uh, just through discussions and through reading and learning. Um, one thing that might happen through this is one of my favorite things that I like to watch on TV, now that I have TV, uh, is uh, Prime 9. If you have the baseball channel, if you don't have the baseball channel, you got to get it. Uh, Prime, <laughs> 9 is, <laughs> Prime 9 is this, this, uh, it's this show that um, what they do is they'll, you know, they'll, the, t the top nine catchers of all time. And they go through them, you know, number nine to number one, and uh, nine this, nine that, nine best plays at home plays. I mean, like baseball, you're just like squeezing the, you know, getting a little drop out of whatever you can come up with. But one of the phrases in Prime Nine is, is more likely to start arguments than to settle them. Because, you know, so what's your, because you may have a different opinion of the top nine catchers of all time. So even as I do this, uh, if, if any, almost more than, here's what I'm not going to have for you when it's over with. I need to make a decision, don't go down to the beach, and if you see a teal flash when the sun goes down, then you know that God is telling you that's the right thing to do. We're not going to get something so specific as that. But what it is is, is, is create discussion either amongst yourselves um, or just with people that you seek counsel from, uh, but just some guidelines. So again, might, start, might, might stir things up more than settle them for you in doing this. All right, so uh, just 
but I think it's important to be thinking about. So what we want to do is try to create a framework to discern God's will in the choices that we make. So I've got three parts to this. All right. The, the first part is understanding what God's providential will is, or his redemptive plan. Okay? Um, these are the things that God is going to do with or without you. In Luke, and again, I'm going to do some, excuse me, do some bouncing around here. Uh, keep in mind, kind of just to keep going back to what this, uh, you know, what we're, what we're after here is understanding, knowing God's will from Ephesians 5. But Luke 24, 44, just Jesus, Jesus <coughs> says these words. Let me flip there real quick. And he says, 24.44. And he said to them, this is Jesus talking to the disciples, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Whatever's going to happen, it needs to be fulfilled. Okay? And if you are a participant in that or not, that's what's going to happen. Jesus is going to return. He was going to the cross. Okay? Uh, the gospel is going to be, to, to be spread. Do, do, are you going to be a participator in that or not? Uh, there's a great... and uh, I'm going to read this whole story here, actually. In Genesis 15, where this all begins... If you haven't read through Genesis, it's not a creation-evolution thing I'm getting at here at all. This is, if you want to see how, where, where God is going, I think in anything in life, this is why we study history, is to understand where we're going you got to kind of see where we've been. And in God's encounter with Abraham, so I'm going to jump down to Genesis chapter 15 in what I believe is called the Abrahamic, if I'm saying it right, the Abrahamic covenant. Uh, something, again, this, these discussions, this guy that I kind of bat this back and forth with is a Bible teacher over at Oaks, um, the sixth grade across the, across the hall from me, and uh, we stand out and talk about this stuff all the time. And he brought this up a couple months ago, and... Um, I think it's very applicable. But God's providential will, things that are going to happen whether or not you participate. So uh, Genesis 15, verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came to him, meaning Abraham. This man will not, sorry, yes, came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the stars, look up at the heavens and count the stars. If indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord, and it was credited to him as righteousness. He also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to take possession of it. So the promised land, it's his. But Abraham said, O sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? So the Lord said to him, Bring me a heifer, a goat, a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Abraham brought all these things to him, cut them in two, arranged the halves opposite each other. The birds, however, he did not cut in half. Then the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. As the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and a thick, dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own. They will be enslaved, mistreated for 400 years, but I will punish the nation that they serve as slaves, and afterward... They will come out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your fathers in peace and be married, buried, not married, buried at a good old age. God's telling him, this is your land. 
But at some point, your, your sons, the, the stars of the sky, your people, you're going to be enslaved for 400 years, but you're going to come back and occupy this land. So in that covenant, there, there's already a plan in works. This is, this is a couple generations away from when the people actually become enslaved in Egypt. But God's saying this is going to happen. So this is, this is kind of what I'm thinking about. It's like, okay, so in order for all, the, the way we see it in history now, for all that, the way this stuff to come down like that, is Joseph gets thrown into a pit by his brothers, right? Okay, so his brothers throw him into a pit. That's not a good thing. They actually want to kill him. That's a worse thing. So they're not really, they're, they're, you know, they're not really doing a godly thing. I don't think they asked the Lord if that's a good idea to do. Yet God's, God's providing through this whole story. Joseph ends up in a pit, gets taken to Egypt, okay? And then, great story, I'm not going to get into every detail, but ends up in prison, but eventually ends up in the house of Pharaoh. Becomes a great leader in the nation. His brothers come, they live there. The Israelites start to flourish in Egypt. There gets to be too many of them. That freaks out the Egyptians. So they enslave them. Now they're slaves there for 400 years. Moses is born. They're out killing all the male children, but mom puts them in a basket, floats them down the river. Pharaoh's daughter picks them up. Moses' sister sees this happen. Gets Moses hooked up with his mother, his own mother, to help raise the child in Pharaoh's, uh, Pharaoh's household. <laughs> I don't know what they live in. Castles? <laughs> in his pyramid? <laughs> uh, <laughs> in his household. Okay, um, Moses is raised up as an Egyptian, but he's an Israelite. He hits and kills. Again, not a good thing. There's a lot, there's a lot of bad stuff sprinkled in this. But he hits and kills the, you know, the, the Egyptian. Um, and if you don't know the story, read it. Okay, I know I'm giving the mini, mini version. If you don't know this, well worth reading. Because like I said, this is, this is our history. Uh, Joseph kills the, kills the, the, the Egyptian uh, soldier, officer, uh, has to flee, okay, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Comes back, and he leads the people out of Egypt. Okay? Then they all sin, and in fact, uh, Scott just, I think, brought this up about the, the calves and the, the, um, where you had to melt the, the golden calves down and sprinkle it into the water, and you all drank it. That's part of the story. And there's a lot of bad stuff that happens. And as they sin, they have to wander around for 40 years, but guess where they end up? In the promised land, okay? So way back here, God says to Abraham, this is what's going to happen. So there's this, like, jaggedy road of good things and bad things that have happened, but that's where they end up. God's promise is fulfilled. So God's providential will, okay? So knowing and understanding where God's going and what he's doing and participating in that. So uh, as, you know, again, this is going to come down to just decisions, decision making. So well, what does all that have to do with, you know, we're, I want to buy a car tomorrow. It's like, you know, what, what, is, what does all that have to do with it? Okay, one aspect to making choices is understanding what God's providential will is. And I'll build this up. Hopefully it's clear before the time's done. But um, is, is, is what you are going to choose to jump into, is what you're going to step into, maybe it's a new job, maybe it's a relationship, whatever it might be, 
where does that fall in line with God's providential will? Okay? Is this, is this something that's going to remove me from what God seems to be doing from the best I can understand? Or is it going to be something that allows me to continue to participate in what God is doing? Okay? So that's one aspect, is understanding God's providential plan. Uh, oh, let me finish this just for a second. So they're in the promised land, okay? And God raises up kings. First he raises Saul. Saul blows it. But he raises up Daniel after that, not in the line of Saul. And who does Saul, I mean, David is the great, 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 great grandfather of Jesus. So this whole redemptive plan, this whole redemptive plan is, it, it, it comes to an end regardless of the sin and the mistake and the error of man, okay? So best we can, we want to participate it and participate in it. Uh, and, and, you know, so this idea of like, so what's God up to? That's actually a pretty important question. You know, it's one of those things we can kind of throw around as a little Christianese kind of thing. It's like um, th this guy who I mentioned who's going to come up again before this is over, my buddy Avi over in Hawaii. That's always his first question. It's like, so what's God doing in your life? You know, you got to make something up. Or, but it, it's like, it's, it's something. <laughs> it's, 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 it, the thing is, it's, it's like something you kind of come away from that going, yeah, I, I need to be kind of aware of that all the time. And he's one of those guys who keeps you aware of all that stuff. He just keeps you sharp. What is God doing in your life? And anyway, so that's, that's part one of making this, being a, a good decision maker. Uh, the second thing, so you got the providential will, and then you have God's moral will, okay? These are God's commands, uh, living life the way it was meant to be lived. Um, kind of clear and obvious, the Ten Commandments. So as I'm making choices, is this choice the decision I'm making? And, and seriously, I don't, I don't mean to be silly, but it might be something as what might seem as unspiritual as buying a car. Okay, I don't, I, I'm going to buy a car soon, because like I said last week, mine got stolen, so... At some point, I'm going to replace that. Uh, is that in line with God's providential will? Well, I don't, I, it seems to be. I don't, see any, I don't see any place where that's taken me off God's road for life. Okay? It's not something I absolutely need, but it seems pretty, pretty neutral as far as, you know, I'm not, I'm not breaking the law there at all. Okay? Um, but God's moral will. Now, as I make, let's say I got a deal coming up, I'm going to buy this car. Am I in any way going to break God's moral will? When this, when this happens, okay, or whatever it is, look, looking for an apartment, going into a relationship. Um, and again, these are God's commands. Besides the Ten Commandments, just a quick smattering of Proverbs. Some of these I read last week, but these are just great little one-liners. The idea of living within God's moral, moral will is like your basic rules for life that make life work the best that it can for you. Now, we don't, I don't want in any way say, gosh, if I... You know, I've already done stuff today that would, if I let it, would disqualify me from even coming up here, okay? These are not meant to be disqualifiers. These are, these are, these are um, attributes to just be constantly pursuing. Um, Proverbs 12.22, again, this is going to be a quick little rattle. I don't know if you want to um, flip pages with me, but 12.22 talks about honesty, okay? I just love Proverbs because they're just great little clear-cut one-liners. 12.22, uh, the Lord detests lying lips. But he delights in men who are truthful. Uh, actually, sold an item yesterday, um, one of my outrigger canoes. And, and it's seller's remorse. You, know, you have buyer's remorse, but I always have seller's remorse because I love these little toys of mine. Um, 
But, you know, it, what I, I seriously felt good is that this guy came down all the way from San Francisco, and, uh, and I've kept, kept really good care of it, and he's asking me a couple of questions about it. And, you know, I'm just, I don't know, I'm not going to lie and say, yeah, I've replaced those cables. I haven't, you know, and this and that and so on. Are there any dings? No, honestly, there are not. But this, here's some scratches here, here, and here. Um, just trying to be playing by, just playing life by the rules, okay? And I'm going to assume, you know, he had to hand me one little check. And I'm not, I'm not a very good businessman. He handed me a lot of cash, but he wrote me a check for part of it. It's like, okay, I kind of, I don't know if this is stupid, but, you know, I'm going to play by the rules. And I actually did a little background on him. I looked up his name on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> I found him on Facebook. And, yes, he is. He's what he told me he was over the, he's a coach from an outrigger team up in San Francisco area and so on. So I kind of went with it. But, again, part of this is using your head a little bit, too. Using your head. So, anyway, being honest. Sorry. Uh, Proverbs 15.26 talks about purity. 15.26 says, The Lord detests the thoughts of the wicked, but those of the pure are pleasing to him. God talks about the way that we talk. Actually, I uh, mentioned this last week, about the way we talk. Um, again, good rules for life, staying within his moral will. If we're running around just being dishonest, if we're impure, if we talk, Actually, this is a little bit different one. Um, in 2019, uh, a gossip betrays confidence. So avoid a man who talks too much. So just, just you know, talking too much, saying stupid things, being a gossiper. All right. Um, two more quick ones. Uh, living a life of humility. Okay. I do not want to be a person. Hopefully, I already am not. But it says, let another praise you and not your own mouth. Someone else and not your own lips. So be a person of humi humility. And then lastly, 2516 talks about self-control. If you find honey, eat just enough. Too, mu too much of it and you will vomit. <laughs> Good stuff. So, so we've, got, we've got God's moral will. We've got God's moral will. We've got these, which, are, which is not hard to figure out. I mean, that's pretty clear. You, you don't overeat, don't overdrink, don't over, just don't overdo it. Have some self-control in life, um, or you'll vomit. Uh, so, um, so we got God's providential will. So I'm going to make some choices here. Uh, I got, I got a, I have a friend who they're looking at a place to uh, uh, think about moving out this way, and um, had, had a quick little conversation with one of them yesterday, and. Uh, I don't know if she was looking for advice, but it just started, it was just natural for me to start saying a couple of things. And I said, I'm not trying to talk you into this. You know, I love having as many friends around here as I can. But um, there, in making choices, okay, God's providential will, part of, and, and, and if they're he, they are here right now, I'm not trying to talk you into this. But this is just, a, this is the perfect example of what I'm, what I'm trying to teach today, though. Part of why they want to come out here. Obviously, it's beautiful, but it's to be part of this, if I understand correctly. Part of God's providential will. There's something going on here. I want to be part of that. Okay? God's active and moving. Doesn't mean he's not active and moving in Westlake either, or Thousand Oaks. But there's something that they just feel like they fit in here. Okay? Um, God's moral will. There's a little, little road. Um, God's moral. Am, am I breaking any moral code or thing that God has put 
by his Holy Spirit on my heart as a right or a wrong by doing this? And I'll just say, let's say no. Let's say, you, okay, you're okay in both those areas. So now you're in this space right here. You have the providential will, you have the moral will. I got to make a choice now, okay? And just one of the things I threw out, and I have a few specific points, Buzz, is, you know, there's, sometimes there's a time in life and, and a little bit of money is an issue. This is a little bit of a stretch. Um, God's, God's kind of given you that there's an open door there. You can, you can take that or not. If you choose to take it, it might cost you a little, but it's a lot of fun. And there's a time in life where that, that's actually, that, that's kind of an important thing. You know, life has given us, I mean, God's given us a life to live fully, and he's given us resources to do that. Sometimes it might stretch you a little bit. It means, you know, I won't do this and I won't do that. Um, on the other hand, this is where you got to just use your head, and it's kind of nice to be married because now you got two heads, hopefully working together, um, is, is maybe, you know what, maybe someday but not now. We can't do that right now because we're maybe saving to buy a house and we can't, you know, or whatever it might be. So maybe that extra 100, 150 bucks, whatever it is, is, is not wise, all right? Uh, so we choose not to. So that means that you've got another choice to make then. What about the other place instead? So I guess, I guess what I'm getting at here is you have a space to make choices, and I will give you a couple of things, but one of them I really believe is using your head and understanding uh, several things, okay? So one of those things that... Sorry. Did I lose a page here? Hey, wait a minute. Sorry. My stuff was on the floor. There we go. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So does it fit into God's moral and provid prevent providential will? Okay. So here we are. We're making a choice um, about a specific will. Uh, actually, let me throw something out real quick. The, the, the topic, this is not going to sound very romantic, and my wife's not here. <laughs> she might listen to a tape. <laughs> Todd, this can be the part you delete if you want. Um, is, is this, this is where this all began. This guy, Jade, and I started talking. I said, you know, and, and this was just because it's such a perfect example. So do you think when you were born that, since we're both guys, that God created a little girl somewhere just for you? And now your goal for the next 25 or so years is to make right choices, left, right, be in the right store at the right time, bump into the right, you know, the right, this, and, and, and find that person, okay? And if you don't, like your life's kind of screwed up from that point on, and you limp, and you limp along the rest of the way. Is that, is that the way? And, you know, so we're bouncing that back and forth, and we use that as our base place of, uh, of, of conversing, you know, or... Or does God, as you follow his statutes and you develop your own character and you find a person and you have feelings for that person, that those feelings grow into love and you commit to a marriage and then you follow his moral and providential will in your life, is that marriage then blossoms and, you know, not, you know, not happily, you know, whatever, ever after, but, you know, but, but at the end of a life you can look back and say, God, thank you so much for what you gave me over those years, okay? Or is it this like, you know, I hope I find the right person, as if there was this one. So I think God gives us a lot more grace than that. Otherwise, I'd be scared to wake up in the morning, you know, really. It's like, I mean, how, because how, how far down the scale of importance in our life is that way of thinking going to lead us, you know, to, you know, do I buy a Toyota or a Nissan? 
uh, down to what shoes do I put on? Like, where does this end? So um, when you are making these choices, though, okay, whether it be a place to live or uh, getting something as, as significant and important as getting married, there is a tension that does take place. And these are the conversations that I've had with um, people of a variety of ages just you know, over the last few months. Um, and there's a tension between waiting and praying, and then at some point, as I said, pulling the trigger or jumping in. Um, so a couple of quick little stories so we have like a backdrop of other people's lives, which is what I think a lot of the Old Testament is there for as a pattern, and we can see what's going on, is in Joshua 8, 14 and 15, there's a, there's a little story you'll see if you look back in there, and they call it the Gibeonite Deception. Should I tell you the Gibeonite Deception real quick? Okay, it's a cool little story. Um, Joshua, they're, they're in the promised land. They're going from city to city. They've, uh, they had their failure at AI, but then they went back and they conquered it. And the other city-states, the other cities uh, in that area, they're, they're becoming fearful of the Israelites. So this little town up the road called Gibeon, um, they, they have a bright idea. And what they do is they get a couple of their guys and they, they give them really old raggedy clothes and they throw dirt on them and make it, make it look an old stale bread and empty water bags, and they send them into the Israelite camp to make it seem as if they came from a faraway land. And they come kind of, you know, limping into camp, and, um, and they make a deal with the Israelites. They say, we're from a faraway country, and we have heard of your God, and we have heard of your great fame, and that you're, you know, a force to be reckoned with. We want to make a treaty with you. And the Israelites do. They say, okay, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll make this treaty with you. Uh, you're, you're not from the area that we're out to get, so no, we will not destroy you. Turns out they're for the next city down the road. So they were deceived. But one of the things, I remember when I read this years ago, one of the key things that is written in there is it says, but they did not seek the counsel of the Lord. They made this pretty big decision. They made a pact, you know, they're on the war path, and they make a pact with another people not to destroy them. So when they get to Gibeon, they're like, that's one of the cities we're supposed to take. But you know what they do? They honor their pact. So they do the right thing. They follow God's moral code. They blew it three steps back where they never even sought the counsel of the Lord, is how the Bible says it. Um, so they did not seek, they didn't go to prayer about it. So um, there, there's, this, there's this tension that does happen. It's like, well, I need to bring, bring things before the Lord and I've been doing that for a really long time, but at some point you do have to make a, make a step, okay? And, uh, and I've read this story up here before. It's just one of my favorite ones, so I'll just tell it again briefly. On the other hand, there's this guy, Jonathan. He's Saul, King Saul's son. There's a battle going on. They're down in a ravine. There's some Philistine soldiers up on a hill, and they're looking up at him. And uh, Jonathan says to the, um, to the shield bearer, armor bearer, he says, hey, here's what we're going to do. If we're going to yell at them. We're gonna, okay, they're they're going to see us either way. But when we yell at them, they're either going to invite us up or, say, or come down and attack us. And they, and they throw this out before the Lord. It's a little bit like Gideon who throws out a fleece. He says, okay, I don't know what to do here. I'm going to lay a fleece out and say, and God's going to use that as a sign. And uh, they call them up, and, 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 and then, they, then they put it out before the Lord. 
And they say, in fact, he says, perhaps the Lord will bless us this day. And uh, so he throws that out, and they go up, and then they defeat the, the Philistines and so on. So kind of like two different ways of going about this. One, Jonathan jumps in and says, perhaps the Lord will bless us. Um, Actually, I'll say three ways, and then the way Gideon, who goes about this, if you, you probably at least heard that word, I'll throw a fleece out. Gideon's trying to make a choice of whether this is really the Lord or not, so he puts a fleece out. It's wet one day with dryness around it, and he says, uh, let me do it one more time. And he does it the next night, and it's dry, but it's wet around it. Okay, All good stuff. I know there's a lot of Bible stories, so if you don't know these, well worth looking up through the Old Testament here. Gideon. Um, but he's making his choices based on, based on just looking for a sign, okay? So in all of these things, I'm not sure if there's really a distinct, uh, a distinct pattern here, okay? Um, so here, here's the pattern that I kind of have thrown together, and I've, I've gotten in ramble mode, so let me jump to my notes here. Uh, so the first thing, I'm making a choice. Does it fit God's moral and providential will? Let's say yes. Two, from last week and from this morning's recap, Seek and consider good advice, okay? Find someone who's been in your shoes and ask them. That's straight out of the Proverbs, like I just read earlier on. Seek and consider good advice, okay? Is this a good idea, okay? Three, are doors opening or closing? And if they're closing, am I beating them down and forcing them open? Okay, Paul, both in Acts and Colossians, talks about looking for open doors. And, you know, and I kind of got this image of, of Paul out on his missionary trips and just, you know, trying to go into this place and God says no, so he moves over here, no, okay, here's an open door. So as, as you're out and you're looking for open doors, you've sought counsel, it fits God's moral and providential will, you're getting closer to, uh, okay, this, this thing, whatever it might be, might be the right choice. And then the fourth thing is, is your heart in it? Psalm 37.4 talks about if you delight in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. Is your heart in this? Okay, now this, this, this buddy of mine, um, we were talking about this when I was in Hawaii the week before last. And uh, just as, he goes, you know, I, because I remember when he first moved over there, he was part of a church over there, a Hope Chapel. And uh, he went over there to become part of it. He was on their prayer ministry team and um, was actually getting you know, like a position in the church. It's a much bigger operation than this. They have offices and so on. Um, so he actually had a job. He's, they were paying him. And uh, he was doing that part-time. And then he was also working for what's called Job Corps. Uh, and if you can picture Oahu, Honolulu, and Waikiki over here, Job Corps is over here on the windward side. Okay? And uh, he loves, and if you know this guy, he, he's, got, he's got this heart for prayer and ministry, but he really, really loves the broken, downtrodden people. Okay? He's just, that, those are like his people. All right? And... Uh, and when I first met him, I was teaching at Calvary Christian School, and he came and visited one day, and he's just like, I could never do this, because it was just too nice. And he was working at, at Pali, what do they call it, Continuation School, okay, which is like people who get kicked out for various reasons and barely getting by. Th those are his people. So when, as, as a year or so went on, at this Hope Chapel, uh, he was kind of given a, which is over on the nicer, you know, it was a nice neighborhood and all that kind of thing. Um, and he said, I was given the choice of going full-time there and having like, like a, it was actually a more secure job than working for this job corps. And so if you go through this little pattern I'm trying to create, God's moral, providential, okay, those are fine. 
Uh, he's got two doors open to him, so doors are open, and he is, you know, he's asking, he's praying about it, he's talking to people, this is okay, and, uh, and then this whole thing, is your heart into it? Is this what God made you to do? Is this where your heart's at? And he didn't have to think too long. He goes, I love, he goes, that's, that's, that's more secure. I'm going to get more money. I'm actually going to have a retirement. If I go over here, I'm not going to have those things, but I love those people. That's the door I'm going to take. So I believe he could have taken either. He could have taken either. I think God is, he has him in ministry. He's in ministry here. Those people need him. So do these. He's needed. And he's going to be using his gifting. Actually, it's one of the next things I come up with. Um, he, could he could choose either door. So God will give you the desires of your heart. You play a role in this. Okay? We're not little robots. But we're following the, some of these principles. Again, meant to start arguments, not end them. Okay, um, okay a fifth thing. i got just two more after this. Total of seven. Does it utilize your gifting? Uh, a bunch of years ago, actually it happened twice over the years, um, considered, I worked for LA County since 1984 in the summertime, lifeguarding. And back when the kids were really little, um, was gonna take the permanent test, which is, which is a very good career in terms of getting to be on the beach. Very nice. Um, Pretty good paying as you work your way up. It's, it's, part, it's fire department. It's working for the fire department. It's being a fireman on the beach. Okay, which is kind of nice. You don't have to run into burning buildings. You gotta run through the surf, but I'd rather run through surf than a, a burning building anytime. Um, and as I was preparing and getting ready to take that test, just, you know, and I had friends telling me, it's just like non life people that I, I was teaching already at the time, like, you're just gonna sit there. You're a, te you're a teacher. Like, like, what are you going to do? You're going to go nuts. And, and I really started thinking, and, and it wasn't that they were trying to discourage me. They were like, they were saying, look, you, this is who, who, part of who you are and what you do is hang with these little kids and teach them. That's like, that's like part of your existence. It's like, it, you're, that's your gifting. That's what you do. And so is your, are you using, utilizing your gifting and you make these choices? Okay? So I'm thinking maybe more in terms of... Uh, uh, I hope he doesn't mind me using his name, but I loved what Travis said. Is that okay? It's too late now anyway. <laughs> it's like when someone says, don't mention it. It's like, well, you already did. Um, uh, but you had two, two job choices at one point, right? Not so long ago. And uh, I love this little thing he said when we were talking about it. He goes, hey, I'm in America. I get to make a choice. And it's like, you're right, you do. And that's profound. As simple as that is, that's profound. He's, 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 you know, this is within God's plan, okay, this providential, this moral plan, okay. He's educated himself. He's gone to school. He's done all the background, background work. And at some point, he gets to make that choice, okay, and chooses the one that, hey, that one's going to, I'm going to actually, you know, the thing that I'm going to pursue that's in my heart and, um, uh, I'm gifted at, that's, that's, the, that's the door. I'm going to go through that one. Two open doors. Both might be great. Okay. Um, okay, sixth thing is, does it encourage or discourage your spiritual growth? So this may be more of a relationship thing. Uh, is the decision you're going to make, is it something that is going to encourage, is going to help you grow spiritually? Is this person 
Is this place? Is this job? So it could be a variety of things. Is this going to be something that's going to hurt you spiritually? It's going to cause you to limp as a Christian and draw you away from the Lord. Um, you know, for some of us, some of us have the freedom, the capacity to maybe work in some areas of life, and some of us don't. And God opens those doors for us, and uh, you, that's, you know, the door is open, and it's your your turn now. Uh, you got those two choices, whatever it might be, or maybe it's maybe it's doors open, but that's not right for me. So, you know, it's not, not like not every open, not every open door is necessarily God's plan. God's, God's main purpose or direction for you. But as the door opens, there's still some other things to consider. Okay? Is it going to encourage or discourage your spiritual growth? And I really see this in relationships. Um, you know, as, uh, as you start to pursue over time, you know, guys and girls, or just guys amongst guys and so on, or girls amongst girls, um, is this friendship that's developing, is this going to lead me into a place that, where I'm strengthened in my Christian walk? The general... The general pattern is, and I'm not going to look it up right now, but I know it's in there, is basically bad, bad character corrupts good character. It's really hard to, for good character to come into a scene and draw people out. Okay? So we, we, um, we do much better when we're walking with people. Like I said, wise people walk as wise. Walk with the wise. Um, so you think of that off the top of your head? Good char- bad character, not a verse. Okay, but that's the principle. And then lastly, which actually I've already brought up, is use your head. Is, is this a good idea? Can I afford that extra couple hundred bucks a month? And maybe just barely, but you know what? It might be a really good experience for this time. It might be worth that couple hundred bucks a month. Or it might not be. Um, is this really a person that I can live with the rest of my life? And consider that. It's like, well, their path in life is so different than mine. Yeah, maybe not. Okay? And, and so you, using your head as well. All right? Now, here's the beauty of this thing. and almost just about done. Um, three little things. Is there room for error? Oh, thank you. There is. Okay? God's grace. Because we, 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 we mess it up all the time. So there's room for error. God does repair work. And he, he can turn bad decisions into good ones. That whole thing that I started with, with the Abrahamic covenant, okay, they ended up right where they were supposed to be. They were in the promised land. Jesus came at the right time, the right place, okay? All that stuff, so much stuff had to happen. Sprinkled in there, constant bad stories, people doing bad things, okay? And it's just sprinkled in there. But God's providential plan, it still comes to, to fruit at the end. So God turns good things into, sorry, God turns bad things into good things. So there, there's room for error in this. But I know a lot of us don't, you know, we, we would rather avoid those errors. Um, so I think generally some of these principles, again, if nothing else, food for thought. Give me a one minute just to put it together. So I've just spoken a lot of words here. Um, two sides to the, in fact, the image, the image that um, from, uh, again, this guy Jade and I that have come, kind of come up with is like a row of trees. When we're, if you've been to Kauai, we went to Kauai this week before last, to go down to Poipu, you go down this road, and I wish I had taken a picture of this, uh, but it's this, it's this straight road, and there's tall trees on either side of that road, and so it's, like, it's almost like a tunnel, the trees kind of meet up here, and as I was going down that, this is, you know, I was preparing for this actually way back then, and I looked at it, I go, that, that's it, that's the picture. 
here's these two trees. I want to stay. If I go on this side of the trees or that side of the trees, I can't see that road anymore. Okay? I can't make good decisions as to where to go if I'm outside those two boundaries of God's moral will and God's providential will. So now I'm inside that boundary. I'm on that little highway, and I'm going to make some choices, and the things I'm looking at are... No, I lost that same paper again. Uh, does, it fit, does it fit into those two wills? I'm going to seek and consider good advice. Are the doors opening or closing as I'm getting closer to this decision I'm going to make? Is it, is it in my heart to do that? Does it utilize my gifting? Does it encourage? Is this thing going to encourage or discourage my spiritual growth? And am I just plain old? Is this a good idea? Is this a good idea? Okay? Let me pray for us. Father, I know that in life there are so many choices to be made. Some, some more important than others, some way more than others. Some are lifelong. I know the uh, most important decision that we can make is to make that choice to put our life into your hands so that we have a foundation and a stability for us to make every other decision that comes along. So God, I just, I, I just ask right now, planning on this, but if there's um, just people here who want or need to make that decision, Lord, I just pray that right now between you and them. God, your Holy Spirit would be even speaking to them as to the words they would speak to you that uh, well, all of us would just continue to step into a place where we commit our lives to you and to your statutes. And then, God, within that framework of living under, under your guidance and direction, help us to be people who create a lifestyle and a habit of making good choices so that maybe sometimes when we don't have a lot of time to consider all these things, God, we've already developed a, a lifestyle of making good decisions. And God, for the longer, more weightier decisions, Lord, I pray that you would put people in our lives that give good direction, give wisdom. Um, Lord, open and close doors for us. Teach us to follow our hearts. God, to consider whether or not our gifts are being used as we make our choices. And then, God, where those choices might lead us. Give, it, give us a, a forward vision as to where um, a choice may or may not lead us, God. We just praise you, God, that you know, we always have you to fall back on. That when we do blow it, we make a foolish decision, um, that your grace, God, can cover and repair, Lord, any error or damage that we've caused in our own lives. We praise you for that. So as we finish up the morning with uh, just a little more worship, God, just open our hearts to you and speak to us, God. Speak to our minds as well as our hearts. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.